Hello and welcome to a big, big show on this snowy Wednesday night. I'm here with my usual co-host, Connor and Peyton. How are you guys doing on this wonderful, snowy, midterm Wednesday? I'm tired and my voice is shot. Other than that, I'm great. There's a lot of really good news to talk about. A lot. Shocked show today, a full show. We're really excited. We have a special guest coming on later. He's not very special. He's pretty common and we're pretty used (laughs) to having him, but... We're so happy we're going to get to hear from him. So, Connor, how are you doing? Good. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday, like what we were going to talk about today, and sort of everything like fell in our lap uh, yesterday afternoon. We, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I guess we start with all the all the football talk that's been going on. Yeah, there's quite a bit to talk about. Um, I guess we start with our man Aaron Rodgers. Four more years in Green Bay. Nice and cold, nice and happy. Yeah. What do we think? Well, you know, there were speculations for months about what could happen after the season, you know, even considering retirement, which, you know, he even said that was a real thing that he was considering, you know, talking about other teams and whatnot. But I always thought all along that the best place for him to have the best chance of winning was to stay around in Green Bay, bring that boy Devontae back, bring Aaron Jones back, bring back that defense, get Bakhtari healthy. And I think that was the best way to win. And I think this is his best chance going forward. Um, you know, contract talk aside for that team to end up in a Super Bowl, which they haven't been in a long time. Yeah, you know, I wasn't really surprised that he wanted to come back, but them giving him four years, I don't know if, how you guys feel about that either because, you know, he's already 38 years old. Um, I mean, obviously he's still got a lot of talent and probably many more years ahead of him, but four years going into his early 40s to me is a little extreme. A little much for sure. We already got a call, so we're going to take this call. Hold on. Caller, you're on. Oh, hold on. No, you're not on. Now you're on. Caller, you're on. What's up? Hey, how you doing? It's uh, Craig from Bedford, Massachusetts. I just want to let you know that uh, Aaron Rodgers is a bump. I think he's done for. Hey. I mean, just like Tom, you know, he's going to fall off. Craig, Craig, why do we think he's going to fall off, Craig? I need, I, need some, I need some facts, Craig. I just think, I think age is going to catch up to him, just like it does with everybody. Did Ace no, catch up I mean, to Tom? Does, but, 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 I, but Craig, Ace didn't really catch up to Tom, though. We were we were post-40, and we were still putting up 40-plus touchdowns, Craig. Well, Tom Brady's just different, you know? But, Aaron, but, but, but Craig, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers like is the most pure years. passer that we've seen since Dan Marino. I'm sorry, I can't hear Craig. What is Craig nah, saying? Craig's say, Craig saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to fall off a cliff. So what would convince you that he would fall off a cliff after an MVP season? I mean, MVP season my ass, you know? He just doesn't have the... The builder at him, you know what I mean? Craig, Craig, Craig was saying, you know, Craig was saying that uh, he thinks that uh, A Rod's age is going to catch up to him. Yeah, I, I think you know, I know who like, Craig, Tyler. We love you, Tyler. Hey, Jacob, it's your, it's your, it's your, he's going to Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? Oh my God! Hey, we we appreciate the call, Craig. We hope you see you soon. All right, pal. Yeah, of course. Thank it. you, Craig. Craig said, "quote He's going to be Muhammad Ali," which is um, a strong quote from Craig for sure. But but we appreciate the call, Craig. Was it the Dusty Sheriff, Tyler? It was Tyler, for sure, 100%. Could tell about 40 seconds into the call. Well, why the hell is he saying his name is Craig? I don't know. I think he's afraid to Ide- disclose. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, the take wasn't great. He had no facts behind his Identify yourself, Yeah, Craig. really. Uh, that, was, that was some bogus <laughs> from Craig. So, Craig, please well, don't do that again, Craig. Look, here's, here's the truth. Going, ba- I think the point you made about Brady Payton is at least relevant enough for the next at least two seasons. Come on now. At least. Come on now. Maybe we'll talk about the third and fourth and say, you know, in a few years, maybe. But there's no reason after back-to-back MVP caliber seasons to believe that he would not come back next year. And no. Ha- especially having someone to prove after that 
abysmal 13-10 playoff loss. When he hits 42, I think we'll talk. A, a, a bigger note I, I want to make for this deal, we talk about the four years now. It's, it seems like a little bit of a lot. I mean, you know, once he's 42, then we start talking about age. But for me, if Green Bay needs to make two Super Bowls out of these next four years, for it to be worth it, you know what I mean? And at least win one. I think two appearances, one win would do it. It would be sufficient. But if they don't make the Super Bowl in these next four years, oh, God. boy, 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 boy. Because well, there are so many places Aaron Rodgers could have gone and been very successful. And with LaFleur, with Adams, with that offense, with the defense being bolted as well. And, again, Bakhtiari coming back and the O-line hopefully getting better. I mean, if they trend downwards, it's a bad, bad, bad look. Especially next year. Next year, I think they're going to be hot well, as ever. I think that's the thing about the four years. It's like it was probably the truly... It took the most um, uh, confidence to take on a deal like that because, like you said, honestly, the risk-reward factor may not be in Aaron's favor here. Like you said, it will look really bad, not only on the Packers, but on him. I'm sorry. I know he's 38 years old. I know there's been problems throughout his career, but there's no excuses now. No. He, 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 it, it must be done, and it must be done now. And it is at a point, especially after this year and – what really was a terrible showing from him, if the next four years are a true failure, it will extremely, extremely dent his legacy and and his chances of being regarded as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live, which I think he is talent-wise, but he needs another ring to show for it. He needs it. One other point is that what is Jordan Love doing now? Yeah. You know, they drafted him back. Exactly. Great point. So, I mean, the Packers already sort of look foolish after all this, and and if Rodgers sort of like Close down to any point during these four years, they're going to look even more foolish than right now. Do we, like, this is too early to say, but do we think Rodgers made the right decision staying with Green Bay? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it would have been a lot to take on a new team, a new system, and whatnot. I don't think that he wouldn't have been capable, but I think the pieces are there. I mean, I think I they won more, they had the best record in the National Football League last year. So it's just like, there's no reason to believe that they can't do that again. Yep. And the difference just has to be the playoff performance from him and others and yeah. and like honestly what team do they have to go through other than the rams and the nfc yeah, yeah. all the good teams are in the afc no well cardinals niners i mean all right yeah yeah the, the afc i don't leaps and bounds i completely agree could not agree it's, more. It's, it's really not even close another one russell wilson the oh, broncos boy. dude that one made me happy i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm like a closet denver broncos fan oh well i mean i'm i'm out of the closet as my second favorite team because um i have a great Great friend um, who was a huge Broncos fan, always grew up there, and I've always loved them. And, and And I think it's interesting because I think they're the type of team that really may have been a Russell Wilson away from being a contender. I, 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 I really uh, well, think uh, that. That's a spoiler, but we're going to have our way too early division picks for the NFL, and I have the Broncos winning out of, you know. Above the Chargers, above the Chiefs, above the, yeah. That is, that, we'll get that, there soon. That's a hot take that I wow. had to just, you know, little snippet. But yeah, uh, I'm thinking hot, hot because this defense is that good and this O line is that good and their run game is going to go up. And I like dark horse pick for like top five running back next year. What's the guy's name? I can't remember his name. The kid from Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Javante Williams is scary. Javante yes. Williams yes, with a good is. with a good quarterback, with a good passing offense, with Judy and Sutton out there. Yep. If you can mix in a little play action, which God knows Russell Wilson can do some play action, it's going to be really, really scary for, for running defenses and for, for the pass defenses of all teams. Those guys that. do have to stay healthy, though, Judy and Sutton. They've had those injury um, problems already early in their career, so I mean... Who do, how do we feel about Judy and Sutton? How do we feel about that offense in general with with Wilson? Because Judy and Sutton are 
playmakers. And I agree, injury prone. I think mm-hmm. more Sutton than Judy. Judy's only been in the league a year. He's had one big injury. Yeah. And yes, in college, he was a little injury prone as well. Mm-hmm. But still, Judy's got jump through the gym type ability. So I think I think a guy that they could use and a guy that they'll definitely be in the running for in the once free agency uh, officially begins is um, Jameson Crowder. I heard that he is not going to be coming back to the Jets, and I feel like a established veteran in that position specifically in the slot would be perfect for them to have in between those two guys on the outside and bring some experience in as well. I agree as well. And, and talking no. about old reliable, Crowder is a really reliable and, guy. And again, we're talking Noah Fant on the, on, at the tight end position. He's that, gone. They traded him. He's in the trade. They traded him. Yeah. They traded so, him, I was actually going to be in the trade. Yeah. For Wilson. For Get what, out of yeah. here. So wow. I'm, I'm actually that, thinking, that, I don't know that if that's... That tells you how much I, I'm behind... <laughs> Don't even, that's so bad now, but wow, I can't believe that. What was the trade? Somebody tell me. They, I think they traded like five or six draft picks for him. Oh, wow. And, and fan lock. Lock's probably going to be A the, question that probably a lot of people haven't thought about. What does this mean for the Seahawks? The next, I mean, now you have Lockett and Met. Who, who the heck is going to throw the ball well, to Lockett well, and Metcalf? The, well, here's the thing. Uh, the Seahawks released Bobby Wagner, yeah. the staple of their team. Yep. Their best player, mm-hmm. quite frankly, even with Wilson. How do you release over the last five Do you years? think Bobby Wagner requested that? All, all it means is whether it was requested, no matter why it is, it means that they're going to rebuild. I would, I actually would be more inclined to believe that Metcalf could not be there next season than will be there. They're in the mud. I think bad. That, you, but they might want to be. I mean, not, they don't want to be in the mud, but I think they're going to want to go through a rebuild. No, I think they, they could say, their best guys are not going to want to be there. Metcalf, Lockett. Yeah, they, I mean, Jamal, I, what about Jamal Adams? Yeah, I mean, what a fool. What a yeah, fool. what an idiot. But, right? How does he look now? Yeah. Terrible. Do you, do you think that the Jets could swoop in and trade for one of those guys, the receivers, Lockett or Mac? Well, absolutely. Well, that, well, that's absolutely. What, well, that's what I was thinking. You know, I was reading up on it, and you know, uh, a lot of people who cover the Jets are saying this is the perfect time for them to make a splash on one of those guys. You let Crowder go. And you bring in a Metcalf, and all of a sudden you have oh, Metcalf and Elijah here's, Moore. Here's the problem. The, the, the ass value for Metcalf is so much higher than Lockett, and Lockett produces just as much as Metcalf does. Well, and they're very different. I think the Jets could use a Metcalf. I think Metcalf is more of the type you need, right? Yeah. But yeah. you're going to pay. You're gonna way overpay for him, right? And the reality is you're probably going to get Lockett, and Lockett's going to produce just as much as Metcalf does next year. But those Jet fans are going to scream for DK because of the player that he is and because of his notoriety. But the reality is... And I know that you have a lot of short guys, Elijah and, and, and Robbie Anderson type of guys that have been there over the years. But still, I think you're you got to way over. They're going to ask for way too much for well, Metcalf. The Jets have a whopping two picks in the first ten. Yeah. So I would not give up a pick. I, I would. Ne- I'm you wouldn't so- give up one for Metcalf. No. Here's the no. But not like, even close. Well, not even close. You could give the you could give the ten. No. You can give the 10 and nope. keep the 4, or nope. you trade the 4 back, and then you get like a 9 to 10 Mac- back-to-back. Mac- 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 I mean, I Mac- think that's perfect. I mean, okay, if we're talking, if, 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 you get, if you get the 10-11 and you give up the 4 and you get Metcalf, fine, cool. But Metcalf... Well, that's extreme. I Met- think that's extremely... I, they that, they that's, want both. Okay, okay, but you, you don't need to give two first-round picks. No, no of course. No but, but But Metcalf isn't worth either of those first-round picks. I'll tell you that right now. Those first-round picks are... Oh, I don't know. The, the Jets have so many things that they could use. But, so other tr- than some tall... I, okay, I love, okay, I don't want to disrespect DK Metcalf and, you know, whatever you want to say. He's not all that, okay? He's a good receiver. Look at Devo Samuel. You know what I mean? Look at guys that come out of the third and fourth round that just overperform, overplay, are bigger than their body type. I mean, Metcalf, again, he's a physical specimen. He can run through the roof. He can jump through the Whatever. Like... To me, not worth a, a top ten pick. Not even close. I wouldn't. I, maybe I'd give up a top twenty pick. You know, we're talking fifteen, twenty, sure. But again, they have another top ten pick, and you could trade it back. You, what, can, you can take. But, a, but two top ten picks right now for the Jets is a big 
I mean, I I, lo- I love an O lineman. I would love uh, like. But you can still get those things. You can get an O lineman at the ten. You could trade it back, and then you get your corner. It, it, their first two picks have to be an O lineman and corner. I mean, yeah. It, it, I, you, uh, yeah. It, it honestly, it doesn't necessarily have to be alignment. It probably should be. I would say O lineman and even even a D end. I think I think corner is their biggest. Defensive need. Yes, I, I, they, they don't have. I, they, yeah, they don't they, have I don't even know who their corners are. Yeah. That's how bad. It, I mean, I, yeah. I mean that's fair enough because I feel like you can get a decent corner in the second. You can get a decent corner in the third. Yeah. Whereas the top, we're ten or eleven, which is why I wouldn't want to give it up. You trade the four back. I, 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 this. I'm stuck on this, and I saw. I think. I think it was Rich Seven. I who said it. Who's been the Jets beat reporter for years. If you trade the four back mm-hmm. for Metcalf. Mm-hmm. You still have two first-round picks mm-hmm. with the positions that they need. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It, they're, they're not picking a quarterback. To me, it depends on where, like, the draft stands. You know what I mean? Like, where the projection stands. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have the best O-lineman in the draft at four, mm-hmm. I'm not trading the four for Metcalf. For the best O-lineman in the draft. You know what I'm saying? But they already just got Becton and, and uh, Tucker. Ver, Elijah, Elijah oh, Tucker. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. I don't the draft better, I guess. Then I don't know. What my, my no, they're both good. I'm they, good they just yeah. got two great linemen in the last two years. But they could still use another. Is what yeah, I'm they could use a guard. They need a guard. Absolutely, they have the two tackles. If you bolster that line, you actually give Wilson a chance to. Because to, let's be honest, if Wilson doesn't have time in the pocket, he's mm-hmm. never going to be able to progress no. physically or mentally as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He needs like a big cushion. He's got crazy talent and crazy potential, but he's the type of guy that needs four seconds to throw the ball. You know what I mean? Like not four seconds. Quote, more like two or three, but still, he needs more than Tom Brady does. You know what I'm saying? And I get it with the cornerback; it's terrible. But the defense overall is horrendous. Like, let's be honest. One cornerback. Yeah, I mean, they have, more, they have free agent money to spend too. So, but that money is probably better spent on an on, on an end. You know, it's, yeah. it, there's no corner worth. You can't overpay another corner. I'm. Oh, I mean, they're. But that's I, I mean, the th- but I, I can't I, have I, another Tremaine Johnson. So I, I can't. I hear, I hear, but, but I, can't, I, can't, I see what you're saying about receivers, though. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't. Over- yeah, but I think I think receivers. Some it, well, yeah, you're right. The receiver and corners can be addressed in free agency, but Metcalf is. It, they, they can just swoop in for him now. I, I mean, they might not even need the first. They really might. You might be able to give the second, a third, couple players. Okay, we're I talking mean, about losing. We're talking about losing Crowder, who's your who's your secure catch guy, right? And you have more, who's kind of over the top. More, yeah. Like he's got speed. What does Metcalf really function as? If will again Wilson? Can Wilson, you forget about Corey Davis? Corey Davis. Too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Braxton Berrios, maybe. Fair I mean, enough. If, fair if you if, is if you sign Berrios, which I hope they do at the right price at six and a half and not at nine, which yeah, apparently that's... is something he wanted. If you get Berrios wow. and you're lining up Davis more. Metcalf and Berrios, oh, all of a sudden you have a top ten to fifteen receiving core in the league with a young quarterback. It's kind of and two two good good new linemen. You can get another lineman. I'm not worried about that. They can get that at ten. They can get that at thirty, and then things could slightly things could go in an upward trajectory from there. You're making me, but the defense is is I mean you're still they yeah. need to fix it. You're, yeah. you're selling me on the point though that. A team like the Bengals, right? They go, they go, they draft heavy, top heavy receivers. You know yeah. what I mean? And their defense before the season, nobody was saying a peep about their defense. And, and mm-hmm. if anything, they were below top fifteen. Well, and, that's the part that I—that's why I couldn't understand what the, why they yes, were doing what yeah, they were doing. But, but I mean, maybe they do just go top heavy on receivers and, and, and trust Wilson and give him like trust him to just chuck the ball and then say, you know, it seems like you can you can. There's certain positions on defense that you can afford to overpay a little bit. But I don't think corner is one of them. I think that money's better spent on an end. I agree. Uh, I agree. Someone to play think, alongside Mosley. You, you still got Mosley there. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's also times where 
a team can look at, like, our offense is this good and we have this amount of money. We can make our offense an elite offense. Mm-hmm. You know, our defense is already mediocre. We can take our defense from mediocre to mid-tier, but that's really not going to do much. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a circumstantial thing with your team where the Jets, they do have more. They do have Davis. They do have Berrios, which is a decent receiving core. And if you add a guy like Metcalf, I guess I can see I think the it, upside. I think it changes but, the complexity. But you know, what you're, you know what it's riding on is the ability of Wilson to get the ball out of his hand, and I don't trust him to get the ball out of his hand. So if you're splashing on Metcalf and then Wilson sucks. Well, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Wilson played his best games of the season when Corey Davis was on the field. And that was Corey Davis. Metcalf is better than Corey Davis. I don't know if I would agree. By a lot. You think so? I think, I think, I mean, I, Corey, I, I Corey also, Davis, I, I think, Corey Davis is a baller. I think Metcalf does get slightly overrated, but I still think he's All right, better. Running, I still think he's better We're running a slant Davis. route. We're on a 10-yard slant. Who are you taking, Metcalf or Corey Davis? I'm thinking Corey Davis by a mile. I mean, he's quicker. Mm. I, take, I take Corey Davis in every single route in the route tree besides a go. That is, I, I would take him every, nine times out of ten. I don't know. Watch film. The guys, no, hips, I, I, the guys' I, hips don't turn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, we're talking Elijah Moore, Barrios, and Met. those are all deep guys. These are all over the top guys. Yeah. yeah. And you're losing Jay Crowder, which is your middle of the field secure catch guy. Yeah. So, okay, Wilson's either got to throw a 90 yard bomb. Well, or Moore's going to be a better crowd, but Moore plays like Crowder. Moore's going to be a better version. Moore of plays like Crowder, but Moore's not the type of guy that just wants to run ten yard slams and get slammed over the middle of the field. He's a more of a big like he, he can. He, he can, but is he going to be happy? Is he gonna? Is he gonna be? You know, look at how like if C- they're winning. Okay, here, here, here's an example I'll give you. When I watch the Cowboys play, C.D. Lamb can take it over the top, and C.D. Lamb can go. They tried to take C.D. Lamb and turn him into an over the middle guy. And when C.D. had Cooper, exactly. But when C.D. Lamb's over the middle and you have a safety coming, guess what? C- guess what? C.D. Lamb does. He he, he noodles up. His mm-hmm. arms go, his arms go static, and he, mm-hmm. he can't catch the ball. There's certain guys that love that hit over the middle. They love that but contact. But I feel like Moore can get roughed up in there. And I feel like a Metcalf and D- Davis no, on more, the outside and more. On the, on the slot, I, I think it's perfect. I mean, you might be right, but to me, Moore's too much of a diva to play that 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 gritty over the middle like slot guy. Yeah, uh, if not DK Metcalf, would you think Amari Cooper maybe also could? That's fit another in? option. I would wait. I would take Amari Cooper a million times over because one veteran experience. Mm-hmm. He's mature. He doesn't talk. He doesn't say a word. He's not overly flashy. He's a conventional six one normal like he's just a. He's a do-it-all guy. You can tell Amari Kribu to run a, a go, a slant, do a whatever. dig, a post. What? And he, and he has vast knowledge of yeah. the game. He's smart. You know what I mean? For whatever he isn't personally and for however, you know, he's not much of a personality. He's not very loud. He doesn't celebrate much. I would trust Amari Cooper with the game on the line 10 times out of 10 over DK Metcalf. But, again, my well, opinion. Well, I certainly didn't think we'd talk about the Jets for 10 minutes today, <laughs> but we did. And well, I think we should move on to our division topic. Uh, you know, obviously, it's extremely early. And we know that. You know, people have done these type of talks before. But I think with the moves that are being made and the potential moves, that it's an interesting time to look ahead to next season and just give our way-too-early division predictions. And uh, we can start atop here in the AFC East, who uh, was won by one game last year by the Bills over the Patriots. And the Dolphins were right behind them at 9-8, and eight, so real close last year. I'm taking the Bills. I don't think anybody else is going to argue with that. Yeah, nope, I, 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 I can't see the thing. The re- no, I mean, Dolphins are dark horse for sure. Yeah, I, I love the Dolphins. Here's the year. thing: to win the division, when you have two good teams like the Bills and the Patriots, who are kind of that top heavy, you look at how they're going to go within their division. The Bills will probably go five and one in the division. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably. I, I don't think they'll lose a game to the Dolphins or Jets, and they may split with the Pats. Yeah, the Pats will probably split with the Dolphins. They could, they could the even Jets. lose they could to lose the, the Jets Dolphins. next year if the yeah. Jets get their act together. So I think the Bills. Handle the division play, and they handle their elsewhere play, too. Yeah. I, mean, I think that the Bills win the Super Bowl next year. So, 
Yeah, I yeah, think I, I think that they are been very possible. Gonna comfort in like comfortable comfortable fashion win this division. I can see them winning 13, 14 games, and then going on a run in the playoffs. I really I really think that it's their time. Uh, you know, they'll get one soon. Tua yeah. is too young, and Mac is too young, and Wilson's too mm-hmm. young. You can't. I Surely mean, like, they'll get one you, soon. It'd be crazy. And as a Patriots fan, I hate to say this, but I think the, the team, I know you guys probably can disagree with me, the team I think that has the most likely chance is Miami. I think Miami's, again, dark horse to be crazy good next year. But You think way higher of Tua than I do. I don't think I don't, very. I don't, I'm not super high on Tua, but with Waddle there and Gesicki and the passing dynamic that I saw from Tua and the way that offense kind of ran, I can see the potential to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. It's very unlikely, but I saw something where I was like, okay. It was kind of the same way Burrow made me feel. Not like, I wouldn't say Tua has the boy the, the poise that Burrow has, but I don't know, just the way the offense ran, it just gave me a feeling that they could be good in the next year, and I think they will be. But again, Josh Allen in his prime, how are you going to bet against him? Um, yeah, I don't think so. We'll move on now to the newly, I mean, you'd have to probably think this is going to be the best division in the Clearly. league now. And it's got to be the AFC West because you have the powerhouse Chiefs, the surely contending next year Broncos, the up-and-coming Chargers, and the Raiders who are <laughs> finished 10-7 and seven last year. And no reason to think that they'll be much worse. So that team, I mean, that division is insane. What are your guys' picks for that? I am going to say Denver. I think that a change. Hey, of scenery, I think I think that a change of scenery is going to be big for Russell Wilson. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a hot take out here. Okay, um, Raiders going to be close. You think so? I, I really think so. Derek, I, I don't know why. I, don't, I think I, don't I think see why I not. think that they. Have, I put no trust in Derek Carr. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Finish their season winning four games and everybody in that division, there. quarterback wise, is it's, it's a, is top fifteen in the National Football League. Absolutely, Easily. no doubt. Absolutely. I mean. So, you can be, you can be, I couldn't even be top 10. The fact that we're not right talking now. about the Chargers. Look at what they did year, with their head coach, their best receiver being gone, an interim head coach coming in and leading them to the playoffs. And, yeah. they, and yeah. then they almost knocked off Cincinnati yeah. in, in, in the playoffs. So I'm not saying that, that they're going to win the division. I think that they're gonna, still going to be really competitive and find a way to get in. So. Denver, but the Raiders are going to be really good. I'm also. going Denver as well for the kind of like the Matt Stafford effect where change of scenery. I think he's got something to prove. I think last year was a huge down year for, for Seattle in general. And um, I think Russell just hasn't. I mean, he hasn't had a lot to play for in the past couple of years. So I think now with that defense and with that that young receiving core and the young running back and a decent O line, I think he's going to take some shots. And I think he's going to play really, really well. My second team in that division, I'd give it to the Chargers. I know I'm down on the Chiefs. I know you talked about the Raiders, but I'm really big on Herbert next year. I think the Chargers are going to be really scary. So that would be my two. But I mean, if we talk about you know coming back and whatnot, obviously you have Wilson coming in. I, I, I'm still going to take the Chiefs. I think this is the type of division that goes down to the last week of the season. Always. I think it's going to be the Chiefs and the Broncos up there. I think it could even be tied going into the last game or within a game. I think the Chiefs squeak it out by one game or even by tiebreaker. I think it could be that close. But I still think the Broncos definitely win 11, 12 games and get to the playoffs and improve massively. All right. But I think the Chiefs barely edge it still. Mm -hmm. Now we'll move on to the AFC North, uh, the division of the Super Bowl uh, participant. (laughs) <laughs> Along with the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens, another obviously good division, extremely close last year. It was within two games for all four teams, which is extremely close. And honestly, this could go a bunch of ways. So what yeah. do you guys think? I'm going to go Baltimore. Um, wow. I think I think it was a down down uh, down season for them. I do think that Antonio Brown's going to play for them at some point. Marquise? With Marquise. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson there. Uh, I just... 
I like Cincinnati. I don't think that they're going to have the same season as this past year. Joe Burrow's going to be really good, and they're going to be competing for the playoffs, but I, I don't think that, that they're going to win. I anything. really agree with you, but I'm going to take Cincy, but I I, I totally see a, a chance of, of Baltimore taking it. I think Lamar's going to have a super up year. I think he could mm-hmm. have a close to an MVP year next year, honestly. I think he's, he's, he's probably mad. And I think Lamar, yeah, as much as, like, you know, it wasn't the best year last year. He's just got so much talent, and that team is still so good. Even on defense, they're so sound. And, like, again, the Bengals, they played great, and they have a great roster, but I think they still overperformed. So I'm going to take them again because of Joe Burrow. I just trust Joe more than I trust Lamar at this mm-hmm. point, but I, I can totally see the Baltimore Ravens winning. Yeah, I, I think another thing about the Ravens you have to remember is, you know, they finished the season 8-9. and nine. They lost their last six games, but they had Hungley playing way too many games. So yeah. if Lamar stays on the field... I think it's all another awfully close. Their the second was also god awful. I think, yeah, yeah. I think the Bengals yeah. are right up there, but I, I, I honestly can see the Ravens coming yeah, back next year. You, I think they you, have a lot to prove. Yeah, and you know something else. You know, you can't ever count out the Steelers. You know, they're they're and who's losing, their quarterback? They're losing Big Ben, but they still have Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season in his career. You have Najee Harris there, who can take thirty yeah. carries a game, which is probably one of two guys named one Christian McCaffrey and two Najee Harris that can take thirty carries a game. I don't think there's anybody else. Maybe Dalvin Cook, but. Absolute workhorse, which yeah, is it's... huge, especially for a team that's losing a quarterback. Talk about the Steelers for a second. To have Najee yeah. as that security blanket where you can hand the ball off 25 to 30 times a game, and he will get, you know, 100 yards, 150 yards, and a couple touchdowns, it's really, really, really big. Because if they didn't have Najee Harris, even with all those receivers out there, they would be in the, in a real sticky situation. Just having that security blanket is massive for them. But it's curious to think about where Pittsburgh is going to go, because I have no clue. Any chance they get Deshaun Watson? Any chance that Sean Watson even plays next year? Oh, we know Who that knows? we know that he and uh, Brian Flores have a close friendship, and he's now with Pittsburgh. Um, we don't know if Mike Tomlin's going to take any advice from him or the Roonies or anybody like that. But uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I could definitely see Watson going there, but mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm really not sure. I, I feel like it's either going to be him or like Jimmy G. Yeah, or, or either Jimmy or Jimmy G goes to Indy. After what happened today with the trade with Carson Wentz, which we'll get to in I would assume bit. Jimmy would go to Indy, but I would definitely rather have Deshaun Watson even not seeing him play for a couple of years still. Like, I, 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 I don't even know if Jimmy should be a starting quarterback in the league at this point after seeing his last couple starts in the playoffs. It was absolutely abysmal, but we'll move on. Yeah, uh, now moving on to probably the worst division <laughs> in the National Football League, and that's the AFC South where you have the 21-seed Titans and then the Colts who traded Carson Wentz. We didn't mention that, but... That was a pretty the massive commanders. trade. After just one year, one attempt and nine and eight season, nothing to show for it. But. Have a nice day. <laughs> what, a, what a great last start to lose to the Jaguars to miss out on the playoffs and then get shipped out to the commanders. Yeah. Wow. Hey, good for – hopefully he plays well, though, so Terry McLaurin can actually be top five like he's supposed to be because he's so freaking good and nobody can throw him the ball. He is very good. Anyway, the Titans don't win this division? Um, No. No, no uh, I can't see it. No way. I, 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 I don't I can't, care. I can't they don't it. win either. Honestly, who cares? I can't see it. Who cares? Let's move on to the NFC. Okay. And now we're going to go to the NFC East, who was won by the Cowboys with a 12-5 and record last year. Hot take, the Cowboys are going to suck next year. I don't know about that. They're going to be nah, so bad. The three yeah. teams I'm anti-Dak Prescott about now. That? What? Uh, I think the Giants improve, but not by a lot. Maybe like five or six wins other than four. Um, Washington, I think they're going to be better off with Wentz than Heineke. I got the Commanders. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Philly, I don't, I don't know. Philly did make the playoffs. Jalen Hurts so, is a bad man, low key. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, as as of now, I'm going to say Dallas just because of their talent. But uh, I don't know. I just don't trust uh, <clears throat> McCarthy or Dak. 
in in the uh, postseason. I'm super anti Dak and anti McCarthy at this point. I'm going to take the Commanders. <laughs> um, Wentz resurgence. Antonio Gibson. Up and down year. Sneaky pick to be top five next year. If they can actually pass the ball, I think Antonio Gibson will have success. I think the fact that they tried to use Gibson as a workhorse and a bell cow in a system where you barely threw the ball, i.e. Dwayne Haskins and Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. um, I think we'll have a lot more chances to hit the hole and actually get going. And when he does get, I think we've seen with Gibson, when Gibson gets going early in the game, he's going for 150. Like, he just hits a new gear. Um, and as well, as well as Terry, I'm just really happy. Well, I don't... I'm hopeful that I'll be happy for Terry when Wentz hopefully plays well. But do I know if he'll play well? That not at all. Yeah, and I think that missing um, uh, Logan Thomas last year was huge for them at at tight end. Is he going to come back? Is my question because he's had so yeah, many. That's, it's that's kind tough. of a Jordan Reed thing with again with Washington when he, he plays. Yeah. He's same thing, really, yeah, dude. It's really like it he's gross. Like he's jump ball machine. Yeah. Contested ball machine does it like one on one cover absolute monster. He's a mismatch everywhere, but the dude is just always hurt. Mm-hmm. Like and unless they're really good, which I guess that depended on his belief in Wentz, then maybe he'll come back. But if I was him, I'd hang up the cleats right now and call it a day. He's made enough money and he gets hurt so often. It's just it's not worth it to me. But let's move on. Yeah, I, I got Dallas too. I, I I don't. You're wrong, but whatever. But but why would they be so much worse? I just think the Cowboys are. I I think. Oh, one, uh, allegations against Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner. A woman yeah. is alleging that he paid off. Well, I believe it, but I don't think it affects the team that much. Or, yeah, They're I, used to criminal activity. Yeah, I guess, I guess he had a daughter that didn't know that Jerry Jones was her father because Jerry Jones paid the, uh, the mother to withhold information. I don't know. But interesting. Overall, the Cowboys are just a circus and not even a football team, to be honest. Fans are a joke. The whole thing's a joke. I just I, I hate the Cowboys. I hate everything about it. I think Trayvon Diggs is honestly, after watching film, a bum, and I don't think he has. <laughs> I, I think he's gonna be probably like, like I, I swear to God, he's a so, bum. He's so bad. Um, he's terrible. I just can't wait. He was to, Fifteen picks. He's so bad, dude. When he stops getting picks, he's so he's like I don't know. I just think they're the Cowboys hype is built off fraudulence. Micah Parsons, I feel bad for you. Get the hell out of there, but. Everybody else is just deteriorating at the end of the day. Pretty pretty wonderful words for a 12-5 and five football team, if I do say so myself. Shake my hand. What? Just do it. Well, I'll shake your hand to the fact that I think the Cowboys will probably win the NFC East again. If I, I have the Commanders win, you owe me 10 bucks. I'd be baffled. Anyway, okay. we'll move on to the st- another stock division, really. you know, Now you have the bum Seahawks. But <laughs> you also have the Los Angeles Rams, uh, along with the Cardinals and the Niners, who are all, we're all in the playoffs all made noise in their way and whatnot, and Cardinals have had their issues about them. But who do you think wins this pretty stacked division with these three very top-heavy teams? All with winning winning records last year. Got to be the Rams. Got to be. You know, I'm going to... Yeah, Rams. (laughs) Were you about to say Cardinals? I was was actually going to say San Francisco, but I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah, Yeah, I think Trey Lance probably ends up playing quarterback for them. I think think he can be good, but I I don't think he can win more games than the Rams or Cardinals. If Trey Lance is worth the second-round pick that Kyle Shanahan gave up for him, then Trey Lance will be riding the the Rams' coattails all season. If Trey Lance is not worth the second overall pick, then the Niners will suck and be worse than the Rams and the Cardinals. But honestly, it should be Rams at one... Niners second, Cardinals third, because Kyler Murray's a bum. But whatever, not going to talk about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Rams come back, you know, this year. And it's the type of situation, and you look at, obviously, a lot of teams, you know, coming off a of Super Bowl, you know, there can definitely be 
a complex there. But I feel like the Rams and, you know, I I, th- I think obviously we got to see what happens with McVay and Donald, but I think they end up running it back based on what we saw in the parade and those antics. I, I, I hope so. I really, and if, really and hope if so. If those two are back, I cannot see if Donald, if Donald reti- if, if Donald retires, that, I don't, I don't care about Calvin Johnson, Gronk, Michael Jordan, or, like, that is the earliest retirement. Like, like, unco- like, I know he doesn't owe it to anybody to stay in the league, but it's like, dude, you're so good and you're still so healthy. Like, how can you retire now? Like, when I started hearing about that, I was baffled to think that, that Aaron Donald would retire right now. Like, it is prime. Yeah, that's... Like, prime, prime, Aaron. Like, I get it. It's probably old to get double, double covered every single game. But, like, dude, you're too good to retire right now. I don't know if you agree, but like no, definitely I I a hundred percent do. I mean, especially coming off of a of a championship, I think that he would want to defend that. Yeah, I agree. What do we think? Like, just think about the Cardinals, like diva, dude. Kyler, I don't Murray's know, such but a diva. I don't know if I like. Am I underrating them just because I hate Kyler so much? And he I, probably, but I still think the Rams are poised to win another. How long? Okay, division. okay. If 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 the Cardinals miss the playoffs next year, how long do we see Kyler Murray like staying in the league? Like, is he going to be in the league for five to ten years? Like, ten years? Or is he going to, like... You mean in terms of if he were to go play baseball? Whatever. Like, is he going to still play? Because he's... I don't, I don't think it's that severe. Dude, every every waking part of my body is screaming to me that he wants to stop. Me too. It just yeah. looks like he wants to... Like, you. if you've played, you... Like, any... Like, and I, whatever. I'm, maybe, I'm Trust my gut, intuition, whatever you want to call it. When I watch him play, it just looks like somebody that doesn't want to be there. And it, I'm just saying, if they if they miss the playoffs next year, like, I could totally see him just taking a year off. I could totally see him just up and leaving the Cardinals, just being like, I'm done with football. And just going to play baseball? Yeah, like, going, to, yeah going to play, or just sitting on, like, just going, like, yeah. doing, like, promotional videos or becoming, like, an NF. Like, but at the end of the day, he's an athlete. I mean, dude, but does he not want to play athletics? I, I, here, I can't see Here's it. where I'm... Was he drafted number one overall yeah, in each yes. sport? Yeah, yes. that's what no, I thought. I don't know if no, he was, was in one of the baseball. He's 10, okay, right. He, here's what I, is he, does he want to be an athlete or does he want to be like Kyler Murray, the, like the diva? Like, to, I, I, like, he is an amazing athlete with the utmost talent and potential. But when I watch him, I guess beginning of the year, I was talking about him like he was a, he was a video game glitch because that's what he looked like. From yeah. Week one to three, he was making passes with two feet off the ground and all this crazy. <laughs> sure, but like. I don't know, dude. I, I just don't know if he's as much of an athlete as he is a diva. And he's such an athlete, but he is such a diva. Yeah, if he if he continues to point fingers, he's not going to last very long. That's what I mean. If they yeah. lose, if like should they make the playoffs, I can see him sticking around. They don't make the playoffs, like all I see him doing is pointing the no, finger. No, yeah, like how how are you supposed to get your team to rally around you as essentially the leader of the team if if you're blaming everyone else That's for what I mean. your failure. And it's like I can't see them sliding out of a playoff spot this year though on one on the other hand. So that's the other thing. I mean, you really realistically don't think they'd be top 7 in the conference? Dude, I mean, we're talking rant, you picked the Cowboys to win, right? Their division, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to make their division, but you in I mean the the, the Niners were in third in that division and made the playoffs this year and played in the NFC Championship. So I'm not saying they'll do that, but I would I would strongly doubt that there was would be seven teams with a better record than them in, at the end of the season. I, I, I would be I would be really surprised. I mean they have a good team and a good coach, team that hasn't won in a long time. So you know the hunger's got to be there at least within the organization. I don't see even it. if he doesn't have. I don't it. see it. I don't know. I think with stuff like that in terms of hunger, it starts top down. I've never seen Cliff Kingsbury look like he was. The only thing I've seen Cliff Kingsbury look like is nervous or or jolly. 
which is two things that I've never seen Bill Belichick. You ever seen Bill Belichick look nervous or jolly? Never. Exactly. Even Keel. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm done with this debate. We can move on. <laughs> okay. We have two more divisions. NFC North, I mean, there's no way. Hands to the table. Has to be. And it, I, Has to be. Or I don't even think we should yeah. talk about it. No. I, I mean, none of us are going to bet against them. I mean, Tino probably, if, pick we, against if, them, if we uh, say it, then it's probably bad luck. I don't want to say it. Tino might get upset. No one's going <laughs> to pick against them. So let's move on to the final NFC South, and uh, you know, which was won by a Tom Brady-led Bucks and Obviously, going to New Orleans. Did they? Did they it's hard. Did man. they get a uh, trade for anyone or anything? The Bucks. Yeah. No. They so they don't know who's playing quarterback. They got yet? Blaine Gabbert. I, I, said they don't know I, I didn't, dude. We would have seen it. There, there would have been a noty. The guy who's replacing so. yeah, Tom no Brady. Way. There's no yeah. way we would have known. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I didn't know about whatever. Yeah, pending that they make any enormous move for a Watson type, I, I think the Saints could definitely win. Panthers are a dark horse. I doubt it. Who's Great. playing quarterback? Oh, Winston, right? For for New Orleans? Is he? I believe so. I have so. no idea. I thought Winston was hurt. No. Well, I mean, surely, yeah, hopefully he won't be Winston hurt. Winston and I have no idea who their coach is I'd either. Take, I, is, I, did I they hire take, somebody? I, is Sean Payton retired? Yeah, he's done. Oh, my God. I Yeah, it'll be Winston, it seems like. I, mean, I was going to say, because I was going to say, Sean Payton seemed to be the only guy that ever could figure out. Yeah, they have a new coach, Dennis Allen. I yeah. have no oh, idea. Oh, yeah, Who's that? That's right. I think he was an assistant under Payton, I think. I was going to say because he was a Raiders coach. He seemed like years, the only guy Raiders. that could reel in the stallion that is Jameis Winston and the absolute interception black yeah. hole that is Jameis Winston, which w- was beneficial because Winston's a gunslinger when he doesn't turn the ball over. But with Peyton out and a new guy calling plays, I mean, it depends on the chemistry with Winston because Winston, you have to call the perfect play for that guy every single down. And if you don't, he's going to throw a pick, let's be honest. You know what I mean? The guy yeah. like Winston, you have to have. You have to make sure he's understanding exactly what's going on. You have to be giving him the best chance every single down. If you're not, he's gonna th- he's gonna make mistakes. You know, if it wasn't for Calvin Ridley being so careless, I oh, I, dude, th- I think that the that. Falcons could Bro. be in dude. contention to win the division. I, Cal- I really do. Calvin Ridley talent wise, top five, and it's a shame that he did that. Like really, really, really sad. Am I? Su- I, I was shocked. I mean, I don't know the guy personally. Obviously, I never heard anything about him really. Yeah. Other than just seeing his stats and just knowing he was a reception monster, but man, what a shame. Especially, if, I mean. You're not missing out on much not playing for the Falcons. No, no yeah, because, you know, like the Falcons. He's a free agent, right? I think he's going to get traded. Yeah, something like that's that. That's probably why, uh, like, I hate to stipulate, but that's probably why he was Another doing. option that the Jets could have had, just bringing yeah. it up. I feel like but, when you're that good, he's probably bored out of his mind. You know what I mean? And Matt Ryan can throw the ball, so he knows he's going to catch it. Like I'm That's not, the thing with the Falcons. Like, they either win four games or they go off and win, like, 11. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, they're very streaky. Yeah, like if they win a lot early, it's like okay, they're probably gonna win thirteen. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if they lose early, you're like, oh, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, within the first five weeks, whether the Falcons yeah. are gonna be good or not. Right. But uh, yeah, that kind of wraps up that. Do we want to go on to our our soccer talk? I, I think we should. I think we should definitely mention. Um, you know, half of the Just today, champions' least. legs have been concluded. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously focus on the game table. We'll just recap yeah, yesterday. That's fine, that's fine. Um, which included an absolute Bayern classic battering of RB Salzburg for the third time in a four-year span. They kicked their buttocks in the Champions League, and they won on aggregate 8-2. Inter did win yesterday 1-0, but hardly lost on aggregate 2-1 in what was a real good tie, honestly, in the round of 16. Liverpool will move on. Uh, You know, Stalemate in sporting today between Man City and sporting. They were already up 5-0. They're through. No surprise there. So you really have probably the three potentially, you know, depending who you're talking to, I would say probably the three most expected 
champions of being Man City, Bayern, and Liverpool. Maybe Chelsea gets in there, but they're all through. And for the game today, I mean, we watched it. I mean, what? just an absolutely brilliant match. PSG won the first leg at home 1-0. They went into the Bernabeu today, took another 1-0 lead. They were up 2-0, and then Kareem Benzema and Real Madrid led one of the great, great comebacks in Champions League in the recent memory, ended up winning 3-1. Benzema had a hat-trick, two goals in two minutes. I mean, what do you make of that game specifically, Peyton, for both sides? What does it mean for PSG going forward, the fact of this round of 16 exit, and what does it mean for Real Madrid going forward uh, and their chances of winning this competition? I mean, obviously for PSG, just an utter disappointment with Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe up top. It was, besides Mbappe, I don't think many guys were playing out there today. Messi looked good a little bit. You know what I mean? He's a lot slower. They use him a lot they more in the midfield. They just can't get him involved yeah, as much as they... I agree. Sure. They were at least in the right ways, it seems like. I, I found it a lot more interesting when they when they shifted Mbappe to the right side and they moved Messi to center. You know what I mean? I like yeah. Mbappe a lot more on the wings than I do Messi because Messi doesn't have the pace. Right. And, and I feel like the interplay with the one-twos and Messi on the inside is a lot easier. But regardless, an absolute shame for PSG. Donnarumma on the second uh, Benzema goal. What a muff on that pass. Uh, I mean, I... I, 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 I can't, to Vinicius Jr. I, I can't even. I mean, he, no, but and then he also got knocked off the ball by Benzema for one of the goals. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he's supposed to be the best goalie in the world. Yeah, he look. I mean, he quite literally at he at bare minimum. I mean, maybe you say one was a little. I mean, no, but, uh, or whatever. But he uh, met, he, uh, he, no, he gave away two goals. No, he gave away one. He gave away one. He gave, no, no, saying, the one. He, the he one. truly gave away one, but he contributed to the other. No, the the, the, the last one, which made it three nothing, or, or which gave Benzema his hat trick. Well, that was played by Marquinhos. Marquinhos played the most perfect. Literally, put it right on the, the edge of his boot, right in his toe. You know what I mean? So, Kempembe played terrible. Nuno Mendes looked terrible. The right, the other Portuguese right back they have, I don't know what his name is, Pereira looked terrible. Kempembe was 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 mediocre at best. Um, it was just overall really, really bad. Marco Verratti was stretching out Vinny on the extra time. Just well, terrible. I, I, yeah, I terrible. Mean, I mean, and 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 look, to, you know, to talk about Madrid, you could say all you want about Benzema, one of the best number nines in the world. But I mean, their midfield of you know. Old faithful of, of Modric and Cruz oh. completely took over that game. Modric, in the Modric half. with the ball to, to Benzi. Absolutely I mean, beautiful, I mean, the Megda guy. 36 years old, and I think he will go down as one of the most underrated players in the history Ma- of football. Ma- because I think he could well, end he up as. A, he has been in the argument for Ballon d'Or. Well, of course, but I mean, I think I think he's going to end up as a top 10 center mid of all time. And that, I think, that could be I, the most I, I, think, I think he's easily on the level of Iniesta and Xavi already. I mean, to me. Well, the, those are the names that you have to be considered. I mean, I mean the, the guys that he reminds me of, it's Iniesta and Xavi. It's not even close. I mean, he's no Zizou. He's not 6'2". He's definitely smaller, which gives me more of an Iniesta feel because his passing is right. so legitimate. And, uh, again, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but, boy, can he dribble in the midfield. And he, he just absolutely makes plays outside the box. It's it's insane. The midfield took over the game. So, anyway, looking ahead, I mean, how far can Madrid go after a win like that at home? I, I think mean, very, how much momentum can you get? I think very, very and far. And being the team that they are and having the, you know, the – Recognizability of being Real Madrid. I mean, they're not a team you want to play. How, how, right they, now. how strong do you think the duo of Vinicius Jr. and and, and Cream Benzema is? I mean, I think Asensio and Vasquez, whoever's on that wing, is probably the weak link of, up top. Obviously, I would uh, agree. you know, but I, I think their interplay is good. I I always thought that Vinny. I, first off, I think today today might have been the best game I ever watched him play. I mean, I, and he, it wasn't that he was scoring it, but it was his his, his stamina, mo- dude. His stamina and his movement was terrific today. And I always felt like. 
over time, his biggest weakness was he wasn't doing much unless he's on the ball in a one-on-one situation, True. which is obviously not going to be all the time. But today he was everywhere. Yeah. Today he made great passes. He was coming back. He was tracking back very well. Yep. I mean, he was spectacular today. And when he plays like that, he makes all the difference for that team. Yeah, Because Benzema can't do it by himself. Up to there. have a guy like that on the side that can run... You know, from minute one to minute 90, he's not losing a step. Yeah. It's like an Mbappe. He has Mbappe-level pace. I'm not saying he's Mbappe-level class. No, Nowhere near the finishing or the right. you know the first touch of Mbappe. Right. But in terms of just pure speed down the line, and especially when you have a finisher like Benzema in the middle, I mean, it's out of this world. I have a question for you. So top three number nines in the world, you know, where are we ranking Benzema? And where are we ranking Benzema all time among strikers? Where do we, you know, where does this guy rank to, against a guy like Thierry Henry? Where does he rank against a guy like... You know, level. Where does he rank against a guy like, you know, Harry Kane? You know, where where do we see him? I mean, I think he certainly in the last two years has proved himself at least within that time frame to be a top three, top three number nine. I, I think he probably just so slimly slots behind uh, the pair of Mbappe and Lewandowski. But you know, he's getting all this attention now. The truth is, I mean, he was so underrated for much of his career because he was playing with Ronaldo. Ronaldo wouldn't have been capable of what he was capable no. of if it wasn't for Benzema. I mean, you now have a situation where they're two of the top three Champions League goal scorers in the history of soccer, yeah. and they played together, Yeah, which makes and it even made, more impressive. He made up that track in a couple years. But, quick. but, but he was scoring even while he was he, there. Of course. So I, I think he slots top three now. Um, I don't think he probably compares to Henri specifically, but obviously that was just one name he threw out. His ceiling, I, I think he could end up between 10 and 15. And I think all that's... Time, all time. For forwards. I agree. For strikers. Yeah, I would Number say nines. wingers, cams. We had a, we, yeah. But I, I think that would be remarkable based on, I mean, because obviously you have to consider, I mean, there's the Cantonas and the, I mean, yeah. there's just infinite guys yeah. that you could think of. But I still think if he ends up 10 to 15, which is possible, that would be remarkable. And I, I, I mean, he, he, and probably the most amazing thing about him is that he's been there for 13 years. Yeah. A lot of these guys move around. Yep. Find new ways. He's been there. He's had every. He's had a million different strike partners. Yeah. I mean, he's had everyone. Yeah. He's had guys that have gone all over the world, and they've all played with him, and he's been good with all of them. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys go into a team. I mean, you even see Messi now, who obviously age plays into it. I was thinking but he doesn't, he doesn't fit there. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I was wondering, I was uh, when he walks off the field and he goes in the locker room, I wonder if he's thinking about Barca. You know what I mean? I wonder if he's thinking about what if I stay. I'm sure he is. I, I, I would be. Not I would even, absolutely but not be. Even, but not even just this year. It's like, I once had this, and now I don't. Benzema didn't need or anything. I, I once had this, and I could have stuck with it and just followed it all the way through and been that legend that stayed the whole yeah. time. I mean, Benzema, Benzema's not going anywhere. I, 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 I would be shocked no, 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 if Benzema won't. left. And, but he's going to, I mean, being a club legend at Real Madrid is just about the best thing you could say yeah. about a player. Fair enough. I mean, it's true. they're one of the, they're about, like the about, most successful on paper club ever. To finish it out, how do you feel about the play of uh, Alba and Militao today? Absolutely stunning, I, I must say. I mean, not just defensively. The way they got forward. They, I mean, they were they were getting forward. Millie, Millie Tao with the with the fake show. I mean, I, I fake mean, skills and, and passing, and it, it was insane. They look like midfielders. It and was, it's really crazy because when you talk about a matchup like this, you would have favored the PSG center backs by a mile. And Marquinhos gives it right away. And, and the I mean? difference in their play today is probably what I mean. That changed the game. No, if I you flipped the way they played, yep. I mean. If, if, if Tebow, Tebow makes one mistake, Alba gives it well, up to Mbappe. Uh, Tebow was real good, too. Tebow was real he, good. That, that one goal, you're not supposed to say that, and he had a lot of other decent saves. And, and, that, and that, that's kind of what the crux of the game comes down to. Is Donnarumma and Tebow are two of the best goalies in the world, and today Tebow just played better. He was way better. I mean, he even distributed very well, too. I agree. So I think that'll wrap it up. You know, I, I wish that we had time to talk about next week's game. Obviously, of Man United and Atletico at Old Trafford in a 1-1 oh, cup tie. We got to be here next week. Which is going to be... 
probably the I think it could be the best tie. You know, I mean, obviously today was remarkable, but that'll be some that'll be a sight. Yep. Um, and we'll move on to our final debate now, and we're going to be talking about. Uh, so we're exactly three fourths of the way through the NBA season, and we're going to be giving our three fourths of the way through uh, who we think will win the various prestigious NBA awards. So the awards we'll be talking about are the most prestigious of all, the MVP, the Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, D Player of the Year, Sixth Man, and finally Coach of the Year. So six options there. Uh, we are expecting Tino, uh, and we'll give him another minute or two. Um, real quick, just just before we jump into this real quick, maybe w- w- what storyline do you guys think to this point team-wise? I mean, is it this the dominance of the Suns to look at? Is it the emergence of the Heat? Is it the potential emergence of the 76ers that have looked so sound? I mean, what, what's one point you guys would make going forward about where this NBA season is? And honestly, I think it's been a really entertaining one so far. No, it definitely has. And it's been great to see these young teams like the Grizzlies and the Cavs come in. And we're actually getting a call right now. You think Here that's him? On. You think it's him? Of course. <laughs> Santino, man. Hello, boys. What's going on? How is it going, Santino? Doing great, Ray, to get these predictions out for the NBA award. They can't, they can't hear you, but I can hear you, Tino. The, the headphone situation here back at, at Connecticut is not, it's not the best, but we're doing our best. <laughs> all right, sounds good. All good, all good. Now I got him. All right, yeah, what do you want to start with, Tino? MVP, right. most improved, deep boy, rookie of the year, what do you want? Um, I'm going to go with, we'll start on low on the list. I want to go most improved player of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Charlotte Hornets, Miles Bridges. And the reason I'm going with Miles is, First off, the guy last season, he was averaging only about 12, 13 points. I'm going to look up his exact stats. He was averaging about 12, 13 points per game, 12.7 to be exact. He's bumped that all the way up to 19.9, will round up to 20 points. So he essentially upped his uh, points per game by seven this season. The Hornets are also, you know, start of the season, they were playing a lot better. They fall off a little bit. They're about, yeah, you'd say maybe a little lower in the middle of the pack of the Eastern Conference. They're near the play-in uh, area, but regardless. Miles Bridges is playing great this season. The Hornets have elevated, partly due to his elevation of play, along with Lamelo Ball. But Miles Bridges, that's my most improved player of the year, so we can hear your guys as well. I also had Bridges, and Tino basically just summed it up for me. So what do I got? I can't explain it better than that. So Jacob, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I have a different one here. I think I think personally, it's got to be Dejounte Murray. Um, Ooh, yeah, I, I, I think Dejounte Murray was really good last year, but he's averaging twenty points a game. And he's averaging about seven assists and seven rebounds to go with it. So just a really well-rounded guy. And then the most astounding part of his game is that he's averaging two steals a night. So he's doing it on both ends. He's doing it at a really high level. And he's their only bright spot right now over in San Antonio. 100%. You know, he's really been a stud since he's coming to the league. I'm surprised none of you said John Moran here. You know, yeah, he's obviously an MVP candidate. And if he doesn't win that, I think he's obviously going to win most improved. 28 a night, five boards and seven assists, and his team is second in the West, only only trailing the Phoenix Suns. I, th- I think it's a lock that it's uh, John Moran. That's a good point. But can he win both? Yeah. I feel like he has to win MVP. I don't know. Well, we'll get there, but can you win both? We're, 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 I don't believe, I don't, actually, I think you can because Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same season. So True. You can win multiple awards in the same season. Wow, well, that would be nuts. I, I, MVP and most improved. Not, yeah, we're going to get to the other awards in a minute, but I just, yeah, I, Connor, I see where you're coming from with that. I just don't know. I think in, in I'm going to, I'll explain it when I get to the MVP prediction, when we all get to it. Right. But moving on, I want to go to uh, Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with Cleveland Cavaliers' own Evan, Evan Mobley, excuse me. 
I think that um, the main thing that sets him apart, I know we have guys like Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham, despite the fact that Cunningham was hurt at the beginning of the season. The reason I go with Mobley here is because, like Jacob made his point about DeJounte and how he does it on both ends of the floor, that is exactly what Evan Mobley does. He's, a, he's an awesome rebounder. He's been a great one-two punch defensively between him and Jared Allen. And I think that combined with his ability, literally, Mobley, I think, is one of the few guys uh, one of the only rookies right now that can score super, super effectively at all three levels, leaving a three-point line. He can hit mid-range jumpers. He can score in the paint, obviously. That's where he's most effective because he's a seven-footer, and he's a center. But between his defense, I believe he averages about one-and-a-half blocks per game. And, again, for a rookie to be coming in, starting at power forward, and they, they move around with center and stuff, but to come into that team that was 13th in the East last year and now have them at about 5th or 6th in the East this season with all the good teams that are there, I have to go. Mobley's been a huge part of the Cavs' success this year. I hate to um, jump on Tino's bandwagon and just let Tino explain everything for me, but I had Evan Mobley, too, and I really don't know basketball as well as Tino does, so I'm just going to let his explanation carry me. Jacob? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's awfully close. I, I think it's definitely between Mobley and Cade. I think the two of them are just. I, I know. I think Scotty Barnes is good, but I think the two of them, in, in terms of this award specifically, are just slightly above him in that regard. I'm gonna go with Cade. I think it's awfully close. I think, as you mentioned, you know, Mobley to be starting on a successful team is a huge factor. But I think Cade's up there, out there, just playing absolutely by himself on the worst team in the NBA. Yep. And to get about 17 a night, and you know, go with six and six with that. I think it's just barely enough to give him the award. Um, astoundingly for him, I, I was awfully surprised, is that he does average above a steal a game and a half a block, which is really good for the way that he does play. Um, Mobley is like just above that in both of those, but I, I think it's real close, And I, but I think it barely goes to Cade. Yeah, uh, make that three on the uh, Evan Mobley train here. Um, basically everything that Tino said, the kid's basically averaging a double-double in, yeah. his, in his rookie season. His team is going to make the playoffs. He's playing really well, so Mobley, make that three. Sorry, Jacob. Sorry. <laughs> 100%. We'll move on. We'll go, uh, I guess we'll go coach of the year here. I have J.D. Bickerstaff. I'm going with another Cleveland Cavalier here, uh, head coach of the Cavs. They last season went, tw- I believe it was 22-50. and 50, or Sorry, excuse me. Not 22-50. and 50. I believe it was 22-60 and 60 around there. How many games they played last season? I, because I know it was like a short year with COVID and everything. But they won about 22 games, and they were 13th in the Eastern Conference. They now come up. They jumped to sixth in the Eastern Conference. Colin Sexton went down earlier in the season, and somehow Bickerstaff has managed without Colin Sexton for essentially almost the entire year. Darius Garland's played out of his mind. First-time All-Star, 20 points per game. He's helped utilize Kevin Love in a better bench role. I just think it's so hard to look. I know you can like say maybe you want Mossy Williams for another great repeat with the Suns. You could maybe... I don't even know who else you maybe that Boston Celtics head coach for how he's playing. I forget the guy's name, but for how well they're playing right now. But I think consistently of a team that's been consistent from the start of the year to now, Bickerstaff would have to win it. Tino, what about Billy Donovan? The Thunder head coach? No, he's, he's the Bulls coach. The Bulls head coach, Tino. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, he's in the Bulls now. He was the Thunder. No, I don't. He was, yeah, sorry. He's the Bulls head coach now. No, I don't see Billy Donovan. I think because I, I think the Bulls coming in with the roster they had were expected to be this good. The, the, Cavs, no, the Cavs, nobody looked at them at all and, went, and said they were going to be a top seven seed, be in a playoff spot right now. Not a chance. All nobody right. anticipated this. So that's why I go bigger stuff. Yeah, yeah. Teen, uh, I said I said Billy Donovan, but Tino said I'm wrong, so I don't think I'm right. Give me a little argument here. Come on, man. Um, 
I just feel like, you know, Billy Donovan's a really cool name to have, first off. Billy and Donovan, <laughs> it's like two first names in one. Second, um, I mean, to have, you know, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, all those big names. Lonzo. Yeah, to be able to, like, even to have a ball brother on your team and be that po- have that positive <laughs> of a record and not have, you know... LeVar causing issues or not having media issues. I mean, they've just been a good team. They've been sound all around. Mm-hmm. And, and and they have improved from last year, even though they did have a lot of names. I mean, it takes a lot to control that that many names and that many egos in one locker room and actually produce wins. So, um, yeah, there's my little argument, you know, but I, I think I still think your argument's better and you're right. So I'm going to give you the win on that, that one. All right, Jacob, what do you got? Um, <laughs> you know, I, as much as, you know, I respect the turnaround, you know, for a few teams in this league, I feel like the, I, I just the way that I watch the Suns play basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it reminds me of the Spurs, and the way that Monty handles them reminds me of Popovich. And I know that's a crazy thing to say. I know wow. Popovich is going to go down, but it just reminds me. I'm not saying it's the same thing yet, but they're 52 and 12. This is not like this is not like not a normal, normal thing. Not this, normal. this happens like once every five years when a team that's nuts. wins. Loses that little amount of games, rather. Um, they've done the majority of it without Chris Paul, which I think is huge. Yep. Because a lot of people said how much he leads the locker room on and off the court. And he's not there. No. Booker's missed time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, and they haven't lost a step at any point in the season. And they beat the good teams, too. So, I got Monty. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think the way they play is fantastic. And the way he utilizes his players is also equally as fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Eastern Conference and the team on top right now, the Miami Heat. Um, Eric Spolstra obviously has been there for so many years, and he's done an amazing job. 44-22 and with a three-game lead in the conference, and I think that they're going to make some noise in the playoffs this year, so I think that Eric Spolstra definitely uh, deserves a lot of credit. All right. I like how we all had different ones there for the first time, but we'll go sixth man of the year. I am going to be... Flabbergasted if any of you say anybody different, but I have Tyler Hero. Yeah, no doubt. He's averaging 21 points per game, almost the leading scorer off the bench. I mean, it has to be Hero. There's no question. Tino, what's your what's your favorite kind of hero? Meatball hero. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, we'll move on to our last two defensive player of the year. I'm going to go a little bit off books here. I feel like I'm going to go Mikael Bridges from the Phoenix Suns. I think that. What ew, excuse me, hold on. Mikhail Bridges, <laughs> first off, he has a seven seven foot one wingspan. I want to throw that out there. Guy's got ridiculously long arms. Fantastic. Way longer but than yours. Hundred percent. Mikhail Bridges, he constantly affects his team in a positive way defensively. First off, he has the fourth best defensive rating in the NBA, hundred eight point six. Also, he constantly takes the assignment of guarding the other team's best player. Whether that be I'm I'm gonna go with Western Conference teams. Whether that be Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, you could say Luka Doncic, you go to the East, he guards um, you know, Darius Garland on the Cavaliers, he'll guard Giannis on the Bucks. He always takes the task of guarding the other team's best player, and I have so much respect for that. And I think as a wing, these guys don't win defensive player a lot uh, you know, a lot of times, and McHale is by far the best wing defender in the NBA, in my opinion. I think he's better than Kawhi, and I think that Mikhail Bridges will win it this year. I went with Jaron Jackson. Um, I think the Grizzlies' success has been kind of everybody just talks about John Morant. I think Jaron Jackson is definitely a big contributor and just locked down defensively in every sense of the word. Um, and again, I just think that he's had a lot to do with the, the massive increase in success in the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously good coaching, obviously John Morant MVP season, but I think Jaron Jackson is just kind of overshadowed by a lot of those guys. I think he doesn't get a lot of love, and I think he definitely could be the defensive player of the year this year. Um, yeah, so I had, I had Giannis. I feel like 
it's not like an MVP year for him, but I feel like he gets better defensively every year. Um, he can obviously guard one through five better than probably anyone due to his quickness and whatnot. Yep. Um, if you want to talk about wingspans and you know physicality, obviously probably the best build in the NBA right now, just a perfect everything. Um, so I, I think like while he, well, although it won't be another MVP season for him, I think that he can make up for it with a, a second defensive player of the year. Uh, I'm just going to wrap it up with the, <laughs> sorry, Peyton, with the uh, safe pick in uh, Rudy Gobert with the Jazz. He's just the best rim protector oh in the God. game. He is. Um, he is, Tino. He is. Okay, but uh, you'll continue. Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. Give it to me. Don't right, go up on that, boy. Show. We'll go to the last award, MVP, here. Um, it has to be John Morant, and I think it's between two guys. It's between John Morant and Joel Embiid, and Embiid has been an absolute monster this season, the best center in the NBA right in front of Jokic, I think, this season at least. But John's averaging about 28 points per game, seven assists, six rebounds. Like Connor already mentioned, the guy is a highlight reel waiting to happen. He's had multi- he, he literally set a, uh, a career high for himself in back-to-back games. He dropped 46, and then he dropped 52. And in the 52-point game, he had some of the craziest highlight plays I've seen all season. The guy's electrifying. I know other guys on the Grizzlies are, for, you know, are a big part of why they're good. Ja is the main driving force of that team. Has him as the second-best team in the West over a bunch of other great teams. So, John Morant, MVP this season. I mean, for me, it's got to be LeBron James. Um, <laughs> what? The way that the Lakers team just underperforms so consistently and the way that LeBron still plays like LeBron. I mean, there's so many superstars in the league that if they played on that bad of a team, they would just quit. They would just give up. But he continues to miss games with cramps, um, stomach pain. <laughs> he makes... All the shots, you know, he's just he's just the best player in the league by by, by a far mile. And I, I mean, all I have to say is, if you didn't watch his game where he dropped fifty something points, just watch that. That's enough. Said MVP twenty twenty two LeBron James. Jacob, who's your, who's your pick? All right, Jacob, go. <laughs> I don't know what to make of what I just heard. I think it's what? awfully close. Neither do I. What do you mean? I, I think it's. Unbelievably close between those top two of Embiid and Moran. I, I've actually I keep switching it in my head. I think obviously the next few weeks has a lot to say about it. I think that the fact that Harden has now come in for the 76ers has a lot to say about it because how will you know they share the ball and whatnot. It seems as though Embiid is at a point now, and I've watched a few Sixers games because the Knicks have played them, and I watched one of their other TNT games. It seems as though despite having Harden there at this point in this season, Embiid is still like the undisputed, like the ball is going to run through him. And I think as long as that continues and if the game plan doesn't change, I think Embiid is just so slightly going to edge it out. And I think we'll have two centers winning back-to-back MVPs after not a single one won one for about 20 years, which is crazy. Yeah, since, since, since one yeah. And it's absurd because all we talk about is how the league has shifted towards shooting, but these two bigs but have they can managed shoot. to... Well, yeah, they can shoot. They can yeah. shoot. And that's a huge factor because it's not like it's just that barrel-down big. Now you, you have a big that does everything on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Embiid's going to just... Barely edge it out. I think if Harden starts, you know, becoming more ball dominant, that could flip things on its head. But I, I think it'll be awfully close and right down to the wire. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, Embiid as well. I think that he and Harden are perfect for each other. And um, I know that Doc Rivers is, is their coach, and he hasn't really been able to get the job done. But he finally has the two superstars that are able, I think, to get him 
maybe not as far as the NBA Finals, but close to it. Yeah. So uh, and 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 Bede's just a monster. So I'm going with him for MVP. He's been incredible. Fair yeah. enough. Tino, it's been so great speaking to you. We miss you, you dearly. Thank you. Um, you too. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Have a safe night, Tino. Don't do anything crazy. Thank you. Appreciate you too, boys. All, All right, right. Thanks, Tino. Tino. See ya. Peace. Right. Bye. Bye. Loved having Tino on today. Yeah, that was electric from him. Awesome <laughs> I've never heard him that fired yeah. up before. Awesome as usual. And I, I think that'll perfectly end a very well-rounded show. Connor has one thing to yeah, say. Yeah, just need one thing to say. Shout out to the Sparta, New Jersey girls basketball team. Wow. They are headed to the Group 3 state finals after a buzzer beater win tonight. Wow. Um, wow. And I don't, know, I, don't know when it, I don't know when the game is, but I'm looking forward to see if they can get a ring. So And, and one last quick shout out to... Quinnipiac basketball team. Yes. Playing oh, a yeah. Big quarterfinal tomorrow night down in Atlantic City. Let's so, go. You know, one way to get into the tournament for our guys, and that's winning the MAC. It's not an easy <laughs> task, but win the MAC. If it happens, we're coming for you, Rick. We'd be happy. Yep. <laughs> Watch out, kid. What? What happened? Oh my gosh! I want might actually lose. Sorry, sorry, sorry guys. I just need to break this real quick. <laughs> Breaking news: the number one seed in the MAC, Iona. <laughs> Is down by one with seven seconds remaining wow. against the nine scene. And I'm telling you this right now. If they're out. That tournament would be wide open. Blow so the doors unfortunately, off. we can't stay on and I can't give you a play-by-play. But, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. So, check it, check the score in about 15 seconds, guys, and you'll see what <laughs> happened with this. But, anyway, thank you all for listening. It was another fantastic show. We're going to enjoy spring break next week. But we'll be back two weeks from today on the Cold Hard Truth on WQAQ. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys.